Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey from St. Peter Lutheran Church in Green, Iowa. Today is Sunday, April 3rd, the fifth Sunday in the season of Lent. It's good to be with you today for scripture and a message. This Wednesday is our final midweek worship service of Lent, and we'll be across the street in the First Presbyterian Church building at 6.15 Wednesday evening with fellowship time following the service. So if you're around, I hope you'll join us as we wrap up our time in Psalm 23. If you would like to support our ministry here at St. Peter, we would really appreciate it. Go to www.stpetergreen.com giving to donate online, or you can mail in an offering check or, of course, drop it off at the church office. And again, thank you for your support. Your, your gifts make our ministry possible. Our scripture reading today is from Isaiah chapter 43, beginning with verse 16. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings out chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things, or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth, do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness, and rivers in the desert. The wild animals will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches. For I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the deserts, to give drink to my chosen people, the people who I formed for myself, so that they might declare my praise. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I also want to share with you today the psalm appointed for this Sunday, Psalm 126. When the Lord had restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then it was said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we rejoiced. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the watercourses in the Negeb. May those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. Those who go out reaping, those who go out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, carrying their sheaves. Here ends the psalm. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Sometimes when pastors preach a sermon, it turns out they're mostly preaching to themselves. And I want to warn you that I think that might be true today. When I first saw this reading from Isaiah, I thought, this is a message that I need to hear for myself right now, probably as much as you need to hear it. I imagine that many of you watching have heard my news by now, but in case you haven't, I need to tell you that my time as pastor here at St. Peter is drawing to a close. Kristen, Micah, and I will be moving to Wisconsin in the next six weeks to serve congregations there, so we'll be leaving in the middle of May. And if that's a surprise to you, well, all I can say is that I hope you'll open your church mail. There's usually something worth reading, I hope, in the mail from church. But I promise I'm not going to talk about moving and transition in every sermon from now and for the next month and a half. But obviously, that's what's been on my mind right now, as we've been letting people know that we're moving and we're also looking for a house. And by the way, do you know this is a terrible time to try to buy a house? Anyway... I have been stuck this week on verses 18 and 19 from that Isaiah reading, the part where God says, Do not remember the former things, or consider the things of old. 
I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? This is an odd verse for me thinking about leaving and going somewhere new. But it's also a fascinating verse, I think, for us here at St. Peter as a congregation in the midst of celebrating our 150th anniversary this year. And as we celebrate this year, we are trying to balance the past and the future. The goal is to celebrate what God has done here over the last 150 years, but not to get stuck in nostalgia, to remember and honor, but not to get stuck. So this anniversary needs to be a jumping off point for the next 150 years of ministry, not looking back thinking, gee, it sure was nice 40 or 50 years ago when all the pews were filled every week. But we're trying to celebrate the good that has been done here in the past, to celebrate how God has worked in and through the people here long before any of us were here, while at the same time move forward into a future where eventually none of us will be here. Gratitude for our past, joy in our present, faith for our future. It's a good theme, but it's a fine, tough balance to walk. I think the key to walking that balance might be to remember previous times when God has done something new. I want you to think about a time in your life when you've gone through a change. Maybe something you decided or maybe something that wasn't your choice. What did you change in your life? When did you try doing something new? In worship, I made the people uh, share with their neighbors, but if you want, you can put it in the comments. But think about a time when you changed. So the original context of these Isaiah verses is that God is bringing hope to the Jewish people in exile. So this comes in the middle of a really long passage where God is offering hope to these people, telling them that even though they've been captured and taken away into a foreign land, even though their cities and their homes have been destroyed, even though the situation has seemed hopeless, there is good news for them, good news from God. The good news is that they are not alone. God is coming to rescue them. God is getting involved. God is doing a new thing. God is going to make a way through the wilderness to bring them back home. And that psalm I read is also talking about the same events, by the way. It's just set a little bit later in the story, looking back on how God has brought the people home from exile. And so the psalm is really a song saying, Remember when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion. It was like a dream. It was almost too good to be true. Remember that. God has done great things for us, and we rejoiced. The psalm is written to be sung as the people come to the temple, come to Jerusalem to worship. It's a reminder for the next time they go through a time of trouble. Remember how God helped us before when we came back from exile. So here in this story, the new thing God is doing is rescuing the exiles, bringing them home. But of course, that's not the only time it applies to. The Bible is full of stories, examples of God doing new things, especially when the situation is bad. The biblical story begins, of course, in a garden where everything's perfect. And then the people sin and they have to leave paradise and everything falls apart. And God goes with them out of the garden. That's new. Later, when the world gets in really bad shape, God sends a flood and starts over. 
When the people later forget again about God, God calls Abraham to get up and make a journey of faith to follow to somewhere new. We talked about that a few weeks ago. When the situation in Egypt gets bad and God's people are oppressed when they're in slavery, God sends Moses to lead them out of slavery into the freedom of the promised land. God protects them from the Egyptian army. They cross the Red Sea and God sends the waters to drown the chariots and the horsemen pursuing them. That's what the first two verses of that Isaiah reading are referring to. Later, when the people get tired of being ruled by judges and they want a king, God warns them first, but then anoints kings for them. When the kings eventually lead the people astray, God sends prophets as messengers, calling them, return to the Lord your God. Later, when the people are in exile, as we heard, God rescues them, working through international geopolitics to miraculously bring them back home. And when the kings and the temple system finally fall apart, God does something dramatically new. God comes into the world in person, personally in Jesus Christ. Even after Jesus' ascension, when the disciples are not sure what to do next, God sends the Holy Spirit to them at Pentecost. God comes to be present with them in a new way. When the church is starting to grow, suddenly the Holy Spirit is nudging the disciples, the apostles, to include even the Gentiles, expanding who's included in salvation. Even looking at our own Lutheran history, when the institutional church became corrupted, selling indulgences, God acted to reform it. Right here at St. Peter in this congregation, I was trying to think of examples, and I thought about when over a hundred years ago, we used to worship only in German. And worshiping in German, when that became restrictive, God nudged our ancestors into starting English services and eventually transitioning into only English, worshiping in ways our neighbors could understand and hear and comprehend and join in. And if you read the church history books, that was a rough transition into a new thing. It took years. People were not all of one mind about it. Do, you, do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? In the moment, I think it is often difficult to perceive what God is doing. It's hard to see. What exactly God is doing right here, right now among us, I'm not sure. The culture is changing around us. We're coming out of a pandemic. God willing, I pray that we're coming out of the pandemic. The world feels right now like it's constantly shifting around us. And probably all the time it feels like it's constantly shifting. But it's, it's really obvious right now. Church in the future is not going to be the same as it was in the past. But when we look back, God is always at work for good. When the rules don't work, when situations seem hopeless, when God's love is misunderstood and people are excluded, God is still working. God remains faithful. In whatever situations in your own life that you can think of, times of change, God is still faithful. God has brought us to this point, and God is not done yet. I am about to do a new thing, promises God. Do you not perceive it? I'll end this message with you today with the words that Paul writes in our second lesson. I didn't read the whole lesson, but I want to share this part with you. He writes, 
Not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. I invite you to bow your heart in prayer with me. Lord God, help us to trust that you are at work in the midst of this chaotic world. Help us to perceive the new things you are doing, to listen to the nudges of your Holy Spirit, to get involved in doing your work. Lord, help us to trust you are faithful always. Guide us to wait patiently, to reflect on the former things when necessary, and to step out in faith when you are calling. And Lord, give us the wisdom to know the difference. Thank you for the new things you have done that have brought us to this place, to this time, that we may do your will and be a blessing to this world you love. Amen. If you have not yet uh, ordered eggs to support the junior high ministry in their Easter egg fundraiser, you're nearly out of time. The deadline to purchase that at-home Easter egg hunt is coming up on Wednesday, so sign up now. Details are on the church website, stpetergreen.com slash eggs. And speaking of fundraisers, I want to ask you to mark your calendar for May 1st, a couple weeks from now. Luther League is having a big Philly cheesesteak lunch fundraiser with a silent auction, so I hope that you'll be able to be here for that. And if you have any items to donate for the silent auction, we'll start having them out on display starting on Easter Sunday. Talk to Kristen or myself in the next week or two if you can donate anything. Finally, we still have a few openings for our church directory photos, the makeup date coming up on Wednesday, April 27. So if you were not able to get your picture taken to be included in the directory in February, please call the church office as soon as possible and we'll get you signed up. Now, receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Go in peace. Christ is with you. Thanks be to God.